in Romans 9 through 11, Paul is not communicating some obscure doctrine about divine election unto salvation and reprobation or damnation. Simply not Paul's view. Now, I've made the case very clearly for why Paul is saying what he's saying. Instead, Paul's point is to show the unyielding mercy of God. He has showed us over and over that he is willing to endure with great patience the objects of his wrath. Okay, That would be a disobedient and obstinate, unbelieving Israel. He does that so that we, Gentiles, might hear the gospel. The plan of God is that that is going to continue until the fullness of the gospel or fullness of the Gentiles are brought in. And in that moment, he is going to save Israel. But how will he save Israel? Does he just say, okay, I've wiped away your sins from the past and I'm just going to ignore that you keep rejecting me? No, the scripture is clear. He is going to save those who pursue him by faith. Why? Because that's the story throughout all of scripture. God saves by grace through faith. He doesn't change his MO. It simply doesn't change. So Israel is not all, all who claim to be Israel are not Israel. How many of you know that? Romans 9, 6 through 7 says this. But instead, Paul says, those who pursue by faith. Romans 9, 31 through 32. If they will simply not persist in their unbelief, God is going to save even hardened Israel. So we see this amazing piece. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reinforce that case again today uh, through chapter 11 as we go through it. But another thing that I shared last week was the context of the potter and the clay. This is a most misunderstood passage of Scripture. And just in case you needed peace of mind that, that Nathan is somehow taking a left turn from all of uh, church tradition, I'm simply taking a right turn back to an idea that was held for 1,500 years in church history. And that is that the potter and the clay has everything to do with nations and everything to do with people groups and is not about individuals. Now, let me, let me share this with you just a little bit clearer. I showed you that Romans 9 communicates a hardened Jewish people and that God is going to a Gentile people. That is the nations or the world. I made that connection with Timothy where God actually says through Paul to Timothy that if you want to be a vessel for noble use, then there's a response that you need to make, and that is to cleanse yourself. How are we cleansed, church? Through the blood of Jesus. By grace, through faith. Yet again, the same exact story. But Paul, just like uh, just like we in our world today, we are not Christians. He was not a Christian in isolation. He actually knew what God had said about the potter and the clay from the prophet Jeremiah. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18. If you have a digital Bible, you'll be able to get there quickly. But Jeremiah chapter 18. This is what the Apostle Paul knows, remember, that Paul is a very good, astute Jewish man. Tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. When Paul says in the New Testament, according to the law, he is faultless, I believe Paul meant that he followed it to a T. 
What is the truth of the scripture? Nobody can be made righteous by their works. Nobody can earn their way to Jesus. It cannot be done. But Paul was really good at keeping rules. The Jewish people of Jesus' day made so many rules to keep the other rules that they were just amazing at this kind of thing. But they had missed the heart of God completely in their rule keeping. So here's where Paul gets the notion of the potter and the clay. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, starting at verse 1, here's what he says. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go to the potter's house. So he wants Jeremiah to go down to this potter's house and to observe something. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will announce my word to you. I have to think if God called me somewhere, I would, I would go, okay, I'm listening. Verse 3, then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something on a wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled. Now look at what happens from the potter. The vessel of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter, so he remade it into another vessel, and it pleased the potter to make. Ah, He remade the vessel of brokenness into a vessel that was pleasing to him. You notice the passage doesn't say he remade the vessel or he saw the defect in the vessel and said, go to hell. (laughs) He didn't say that. He remade, he reformed because God is a God of reformation. God is a God who reforms the brokenness of our lives. But let's keep going because the Apostle Paul knows this story. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, now this is God speaking to Israel, okay? Who is a a vessel with a defect deeply in them. This is why Paul is talking about the defective, disobedient, obstinate Israel in Romans 9, 10, and 11, okay? So here's what he says. This is God to Israel. Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? What did the potter just do? He remade them. God is asking, can I not remake you anyway? Can I not uh, uh, scrap that mess and reform you into something pleasing to me? He's talking to Israel, the nation. Now look at what he says. He says, can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom, notice it's nations and kingdoms, to uproot and pull down or to destroy it. Most people stop at verse 7, but look at what verse 8 says. If that nation against which I have spoken turns from its evil, that is repentance, I will relent concerning the calamity that I plan to bring on it. Verse 9. Or at another moment, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build up or to plant it. Ah, we have a future picture of the Gentiles and the nations, but look at what happens. He says, if it does evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, notice what they have to do, obey his voice. If they do evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will rethink Then I will think better, is what the NASB says. Then I will think better of the good with which I had promised to bless it. 
Paul knows the story of the potter. And there's not one verse of that story of the potter. Not one verse of the story in Romans 9. Not one verse of what we read in in Timothy that speaks of God saying the potter is mad and ready to kill you all. Not one. It is always the mercy of the potter to say, if you will relent, if you will repent, I will remake you. Why? Because the potter that we serve is what? Merciful. 